0: This inner space is flowing in my bones, it stirs my heart, it stirs my mind, and every prayer us one to all And it might just make you laugh
1: when things touch you deeply, it's important to let it sink in. Thank you, Faith. Can we give her another hand? Okay, so how about we breathe, take a deep breath. Wow, okay. Ah, all right, so knock, knock. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. So I heard this cute little joke. It, actually, I heard a story about these three men who were traveling. It was a Hindu priest and a Jewish rabbi and a televangelist and on their way, they ended up coming to this farm, and they wanted to stop for a minute to rest for the, for the night. So they knocked on the door and talked to the farmer, the, farmer, the owner, and he said, yeah, you can stay here, but only two, we only have room for two of you inside the farm. One of you will have to stay in the barn. So the Hindu priest said, okay, I'll go. So he went out to the barn, and a couple minutes later, we, they hear a knock on the door, and the Hindu priest says, there's a cow out there. And cows are sacred in our religion. I can't sleep out there. So the Jewish rabbi says, all right, well, I'll go. So he goes out there, and then a couple minutes later, there's another knock on the door, and he says, there's a pig out there. And for us, pigs are not kosher. I can't sleep out there either. So the televangelist says, all right, I guess that leaves me. So he goes out there, and a couple minutes later, you hear another knock on the door, and it's the cow and the pig. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> A televangelist job never is, right? <laughs> I thought that was perfect. Because that opens us up into deeper into imagination, right? We've been talking about imagination, which is the power that we celebrate for the month of June. And Bartholomew is the... Disciple that represents imagination, and as a matter of fact, there's a story in the first chapter of the book of John, the Gospel according to John, where Jesus is actually uh, he's gathering up his disciples, right, and he tells Philip to come join him, and Philip's all excited, so he runs and talks to Bartholomew, but in the the Gospel according to John, he's named Nathaniel, so he's running over to Nathaniel and he says. Come, uh, uh, meet this guy, Jesus, who... Actually, you know what? Let me read it. I, 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 I want to give it justice. I want to read it from the Word. So, let's read it from the Word, where he comes. So it says, Philip went to look for Nathaniel and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. And, and Nazareth, exclaims "Nathaniel, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Oh, yeah. Come and see for yourself, Philip replies. As they approach, Jesus says, now here is a genuine man of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me, Nathanael asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, are you the son of God, the king of Israel? Jesus asked him, do you believe just because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Then he said, I tell you the truth, you will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the son of of man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. I'll read this part again. I tell you the truth, you will all see heaven open up And the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Today I want to talk about the power of imagination. And I want to dive into what this means. The angels going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Let me center first. God, you've been working with me and there's a lot swirling around inside of me, so let me breathe. And open myself up. I'm going to let this human side decrease. And I'm going to let the spirit increase. And I am so happy to be your vessel. In the name of Jesus Christ, I lift this up, thanking you, God. Amen. Now, what does this mean that the angels of God are going up and down the son of man, the one way, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth? We're going to talk about this a little bit because last week when we talked about imagination, we were, we were, we were reminiscing on how powerful our imagination was when we were a child, Right? And the scripture we used was that you can only come to God in the humbleness of a child. The heart of a child is what another version says. The heart of a child. And it means that you're open and trusting. So we said that the first thing that's important in visualizing and manifesting any prayer is to have belief in it. You have to believe it to see it. And we used the example of doubting Thomas how he said, and only when I see the scars and put my hand in the side of Jesus will I believe that he was alive. And I was saying that in spirit, when you're walking and living with God, you don't see it to believe it in the physical world. You believe it within yourself first, which is why Peter was called first, because Peter, before he was even named Peter, he was Simon. He was open and receptive to the spiritual realm. That means being open and receptive to the imagination. The spiritual realm is that that substance, that individual space, that individual essence, the spirit of who you are. It means to be receptive and open to being the image and likeness that you are. And to imaging it, but not imaging it from your human perspective, because your human perspective is limited. And when you want a prayer answered, you don't go by what you already know. You don't. That's your human experience. You step into a realm. OK, how about we step into a realm of business work. You step into a realm that you've never been before. You expand your comfort zone. You move back into that, that, that fantastic world of imagination that you were when you were a child. And you believe it is true. Because children believe everything you tell them, right? My, I remember when I was younger, m- uh, my grandmother told me that she was born, when she was born, it was a leap year. And I thought, you, that means you, and, and it was in February too, her birthday was February 14th. But she told me she was born on a leap year. I started crying and boohooing. She said, why are you crying, baby? I said, because you only have a birthday every four years. Because I believed that leap year meant Her birthday only came every four years. That's how expansive my my imagination was. And it hurt my feelings that she didn't get a chance to celebrate her birthday every year the way we do. That's the imagination of a child. It took her a minute before she told me that it wasn't. She enjoyed laughing at that. She thought it was so cute. But I believed it and I ran out and told all of my friends and I had them come back so that, no, really, her birthday's only every four years. And then when I brought her back, my friends back, that's when she said, no, it really isn't. It's just, I was born on a leap year. She explained it to us. But my imagination went past that. That's how fantastic a child's imagination is. You can tell them you're the king of France. And they'll believe you. When I was little, there was this show out called Electro Woman and Dinah Girl. I was Electro Woman. My, my sister under me was Dinah Girl, and we made up Dinah Baby for my baby sister. I had on a, a little bit of a, a towel, I mean a towel. My sister had on a uh, hand, well, I had a regular towel, big towel. She had on my sister had on hand towel, and we put a little washcloth in my other sister. She was Dinah Baby. Electro woman and Dinah Girl and Dinah Baby. And we were for real, we thought we were to the point where I knew I could fly. I did. I jumped on my bunk bed, which was right in front of the, the, the doorway, and I was gonna leap on the doorway, and I was gonna hold on to the edge, and I was gonna fly into my parents' room, and when I had got up and leaped, I realized the door was closed. Went, <laughs> psh, ew, and dislocated my shoulder. And I said, I'm going to try it again when my shoulder's fixed. <laughs> Your imagination was that, is that vast. That's how vast my imagination was back then. And we, it was five of us. We had a ball. We walked around the world. We even had balance. We walked around. We knew we could do things so much that we would balance ourselves on the fence and walk around the world. It wasn't until after I fell. Now, the first time I fell on the fence was fine. But then when we got up in the tree, the pear tree, and we were all up on the top of the world, then when I failed, then I didn't want to be on the top of the world anymore. I didn't believe that I could do it anymore because I failed. That fear stopped me and started to shrink my imagination of what I could do. And as you get older, when you take that fear and it starts to live in you, that's what starts to grow. Your imagination feels that fear, and it starts to limit you. And then every experience, every time you think about being up high, me, thinking about being up high, I thought about the falling. So I never wanted to, never wanted to explore, never wanted to be even on an airplane. That limited my world by limiting that imagination. It limits your world. Everything that you worry about, somehow you're limiting your world. Everything you stress about, you are limiting your world. You're caught up in what you see with your physical eye instead of what you can see with your spiritual eye. When Jesus saw Nathaniel under the fig tree, he knew Philip was going to get Nathaniel. And he tapped into his spiritual eye to get an idea of how he was, what kind of person he was. Do you know that when you're completely connected, you can see things that are really going on in the world and not be there? He saw Nathaniel under a fig tree before Philip even came to tell him, come and see, we met the Messiah. I, had, I thought, okay, that's just a, uh, just a story. But I've had experiences like that myself. I've had experiences of accidents that were happening in my mind, seeing them, and it happened. My girlfriend uh, and colleague, Reverend Bonnie Gardner, who's been here, she was telling me about how one day last week, she had this strong image of her dog being in the garage, playing with the garage door and running around in the garage, and she knew it was real. It was real. So she told her husband, slow down, when they went up into the driveway, opened up the garage, he comes running out. She really saw it. But she had been tapped into connecting with that, her spiritual mind. She came Wednesday to the meditation we did, and in the meditation we did a a 12-power meditation. Roxanne, you were there. Loretta was there. And in the meditation, She visualized the colors, and every time the color came for the different areas in the 12 powers, it activated it for her. Well, hers was really activated in imagination to the point, did anybody see the rainbow Wednesday night? I forgot to bring the picture of it. She showed, you saw the rainbow? She showed me the rainbow. It came, she saw it right after the 12 power power meditation. She had connected and tapped into spirit. And all the colors were merging. If that weren't uh, good enough, God made a double rainbow. And she took a picture and showed it to me. She saw a double rainbow. So this is the thing. The way God communicates with us is through images. And it's up to us to interpret what the images are. God is spirit. God does not speak to us through the way we communicate. Which is our verbal word? God has spiritual word. And I was at this uh, meeting yesterday, and I was look, we were we were learning about the different hurts that the brain vibrates at, different levels that levels that the brain and how high the vi- the brain vibrates, even down past the word level. He started a sentence, then he went to phrase, and then he went down to um, word. And then beyond word, meaning, and then this just the sense of being, and then the phenom, which is just the right before the word is even manifesting inside of you on the spiritual vibration of what you are. In that space of that spiritual vibration is when we grasp the images of what God's giving us. You ever had an aha? Anybody had an aha? At the moment you had the aha, you've grasped what God gave you. Did it come, how did it come? How did the aha come? In like a knowing? A feeling, of a thought maybe, a brief thought, but more of a feeling. Those thoughts and those brief moments are called Christ moments. Hmm. It's when you grasp the frequency of who you are and then you tap into it and move further than that. Anybody receive images or have bad dreams Or have good dreams. Anybody. That's how God talks to you. But you can talk to God too. Through your images. Don't you know when you're sitting around worrying about your kids. Or worrying about your life. You're giving God an image to manifest in your life. That's how we pray. It's not just our thoughts are prayers. The thoughts create images. And the images come from, and what you, when you have that image, there's a feeling that vibrates inside of you. The top, the, first, the six um, powers at the top of our head work with our visualization, our imagination, and what we think about that. And the lower, the lower powers in the lower part of the body deal with the emotion that is triggered when you're thinking. And then when you move to the heart center, the thoughts and the the emotions are connected and they become a feeling vibration that goes out. You ever wake up in a nightmare and feel like you can't shake it? That's because you have tapped into what what the images that you've gotten in your head and it stirred up this vibration inside and when you wake up, you're feeling it and you're connected to the spirit of it. And it's hard to shake it until you go do something else and put your mind on something else and start imaging something else. But you can take that same power, and you can use the angels that go up and down the ladder of the Son of Man. You are the Son of Man. You are the Son of Man. You manifest your spiritual powers. And as they go up and down, what that means is you're tapping into what you're hearing, the images you're getting from God, and you're taking spiritual understanding. So there is two powers now that we're connecting with imagination. is faith, which is that power to believe that it's so. If you don't believe that it is so what you're praying for, you are not going to be able to image it. You're not going to be able to see it. And you're not even going to be in a space to be able to understand it when God gives it to you. You have to be in a spiritual realm to create in prayer. When you pray for somebody to be healed, you don't say, God bless, God heal this illness. That's not what you say. Because as you're imaging that illness, you're imaging in that person that illness. If you're trying to heal yourself or heal something as far as your finances are concerned, you don't say, God, bring me more money. And that you say, I am prosperous. And you visualize yourself as prosperous. And you visualize yourself as rich. And you visualize yourself doing what you would be doing if you had it and how you'd feel. And the more you're thinking and grasping the images of the ideas of who you are, we just connected to God, right? Everything you know to be true about God is true about you, right? When you start thinking on those ways, everything that is true about God is true about you, don't images come in your mind? Do you reject those images because there's a part of us that feels unworthy? Do we reject those images because a part of us has not experienced it before so we can't connect it to that experience and we put it aside? Or do we open ourselves up like the child image, come to God like a child and say, yes, this is so for me, and expand your consciousness further than you have ever known, because then you step into expanding your comfort zone. Anybody heard of the prayer of Jabez? Expand my territory? That's what we're doing right now. We are expanding our territory I say to you all that we are prosperous together. I am prosperous together. I am prosperous. I am rich together I am rich now close your eyes and visualize what it would feel like what you would be doing if you were rich And I like, be for real for real about it. If you were rich, what would you be doing? And how would it feel? And that's the nature that you come from when you pray Now let's say another affirmation. I am healthy, together, I am healthy. Now visualize yourself knowing that you are healthy, whole and complete, even if you are right now, knowing that whatever part of your body you do not like, you love yourself completely. I love myself completely, together. I love myself completely. Now how would you be treating yourself if you moved into a space that you really do love yourself completely? How would you be treating yourself right now? Seriously. That's powerful. I, I saw this video of this lady who was saying that she was having these dreams of this accident. It was, in the, in the accident there was this car that was jackknifed by this semi-truck. And it turned out that a couple days later it was her sister who was in the accident. Jackknifed by a, 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 a semi-truck. And then when she finally got to the hospital to see her sister, her sisters didn't even look herself. And there was no brain activity in her brain or anything. And they said they didn't think she could make it. But God, she said, God, you gave me that image for a reason. How do I pray? She didn't just go and pray. She asked, how do I pray? And God told her, pray that your sister will be alive. See it. Believe it. And believe that my word will not go unanswered. So she did. She believed that. She's sitting here in the in the physical realm, in the, and she's she's in this physical bee, in the you know physical uh, experience of it. But she's moving herself into seeing her sister whole, perfect, and complete, and she's praying for it. Right now, that's her here, and she took her friends, and they went to the chapel, to the hospital, and they're praying and they're believing it to be so. Meanwhile, back on the ranch, I'm just kidding. Her sister is having a near death experience. She sees Jesus and she's feeling this love. Now, all her life she had thought, okay, I love God, but he, what about all these flaws in me? How can God love me for me? She didn't have that experience with Jesus. All Jesus saw was her. Nothing beyond who she is. No, you did this, you did that. This is bad about you, this is good about you. You're heavy, you're fat, you got a little gut. What, none of that. All Jesus saw was her. That which Jesus created. The spirit that is all good, absolute good, that he manifested in perfection in physical life. That's all he saw. And she said that the light that was there so blinding that even when she came back, it was even it still blinds her. But that message she brought back is to be that love to yourself and that acceptance to yourself, to truly accept yourself the way God does. There is no condemnation in Christ. There is no punishment after you die. There's punishment right now in your consciousness on how you visualize and how you manifest what's gonna happen to you when something, when you're caught or when something's happening or how you manifest when you're feeling bad about yourself or insecure. That's not a good feeling, is it? And it restricts you. So her imagination is going on in spirit realm Her sister's imagination is going on in the physical realm as she's connecting in the spirit realm with her sister. They're holding her sister's body alive on life support to harvest the organs. A couple days later, she starts to have brain activity. Her brain was dead, but her sister visualized her being alive. It works when you work it. She had faith in what it was, and God chose her as that spiritual warrior to pray for her sister and told her ahead of time what was going to happen, and I get that ahead of time too, and I know that I'm not meant to stop what I'm getting in my images and my visions or dreams that I get or premonitions, whatever it is, but I know that I'm meant to be the presence of God in that moment. When you pray for anything, in that moment, you got to be the presence of God. I heard another story of this guy who was in high school, and his, his father was a, um, I guess it's called an inter, uh, in, uh, he traveled around training horses. And so this young man, his, his, in high school, he kept having to be cut short and go to another high school and go to another high school. When he was a senior, his teacher told him to write an essay on what they want to do when they grow up. You know, getting them aware of career and all this stuff. So he writes this essay about being a, uh, owning a horse ranch. 200 acres. And it's 4,000 uh, uh, square foot home. Beautiful. Went and laid it all out. Very beautifully and eloquently written. Even did a floor plan. And took it to his teacher and gave, turned it in. It was really good. But his teacher put an F on it and said, see me. And he came to his teacher and his teacher was like, how are you gonna do this? Your father doesn't have a lot of money. You travel from home to home, you know, state to state. Your, your father doesn't even bring in, you know, with his even training of horses, and you don't know what you're doing. Do you know how much money it's gonna take to even um, get studs and horses and do the ranch? Go take this back and redo it with something that makes sense and is reasonable for you to do as a career. So he went home, he talked to his father, and his father was like, what do you believe? When you visualize yourself as an adult, what do you believe? He said, I believe this is so for me. His father said, well, follow what you believe. So he took the paperback and said, you keep your F, I'm keeping my dream. (laughs) Now let's fast forward to when he became an adult. Jack Canfield, started taking people to his ranch. His name was Monty Roberts. I think that was the horse whisperer or whatever. Jack Canfield started taking field trips of children to his ranch. And one day he stands up and he says, you know why I'm doing this? Why I'm letting Jack bring people in and you guys in? So you can see it. He took him into his home and told him his story. He showed him the framed, Essay and the layout. And one of those classes was that teacher was there. And the teacher said, you know what? When you were young, years ago at that age, I was a dream stealer. He said, I'm so glad you didn't let me steal your dream. If you guys have a dream in your life that you have let go, pick it up, dust it off, blow it off recreated in Christ be it it was given to you for a reason and let God create it in you believe it with all of your gusto that it is so because it is it was given to you for a reason I say this a lot the Bible says that there is a that God has a plan for your life and it is of good and of hope and of the future right but I also say that your life is God's plan what dream were you given that is what you're meant to do. Visualize it, I promise you, you're meant to do it, even if it's just in your mind. How awesome would it be to be doing it in your mind? And then you can create it in your world. It is so. It is so. I didn't give up on my dream. Maybe that I'm 50 years old being ordained, but I, Reverend Kelly Kincaid. I went to ministerial school, then I went through a divorce, and I left and I said, I don't know how I can do this, guy. How you gonna have me do this? And I felt so insecure, like I couldn't do it. But I promise you, when I picked up that dream, and I dusted it off, And I stepped into my relationship with God. I and the Father are one. My life is God's plan. And I visualize even way past what I've lived. Because I know I'm here to touch lives in some kind of way, even if it's one life I touched. Even if it's one life I touched. My daddy told me one time, he said, I don't know why I'm here, Kelly, but if it was to create you and your sisters and brothers, that's the most amazing dream I could ever have. And I'm going to be the best father that I could ever be in this world. What is your dream? Connect with it in the spirit. Allow the angels to go up and down and connect it to you as you sit in your relationship with God. And be it. Let it fire you off and be it, because you can be it. If I can do it, You can do it. I can do it together. I can do it. I am God's life together. I am God's life. And I'm living the dream together. Say it again. Now say it like you mean it. Do you believe it to be so? I'm asking, do you believe believe it to be so? I believe it to be so. Then for you, it is so. And I decree it. For each and every one of you. And if you want me to sit and pray and touch hands with you, I will. Because I promise you, you can have what you dream. I promise you that. Do you believe it? Yes. I do too. Amen.
2: that I need It's a question that no one's prepared me to answer Where do I go if I'm right where I'm supposed to be Where do I go if wherever I am I am home It's a question I'm presently wanting to answer It's a void.